Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This, of course, is your Colorado Sports Week in review. The Denver Nuggets last week went, finished with a 1-2 and two record. They are now 6-4 and four overall in fourth place in the Northwest Division. They have a four-game homestand this week. Played that first game, lost last night to the Hornets. Games coming up January 11th versus the Nets. January 13th against the Miami Heat. January 15th against the Utah Jazz. Colorado Avalanche finished last week with a 1-1 one one record with wins at Chicago and a loss at St. Louis. They're in third place in the Northwest Division. Games this week, January 10th against the Nashville Predators. January 12th, they hit the road to play in Nashville, the 14th in Dallas, and the 16th in Phoenix. Your Denver Broncos defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 29-23 in overtime. They advanced to play the New England Patriots this Saturday, January the 14th. Ross, let's start the show. All right, welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This is episode number 23. We're killing it, Timmons. It's the Michael Jordan episode, right? This is the Michael Jordan episode. As always, from denverstiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. People of the interwebs, I hope you guys are all doing well on this Tuesday evening. My producer, my co-host, Ross Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and we have somebody else in the studios today. A very special treat. For us, we had teased last week we we're going to have a special guest. We didn't say who it was because we didn't want to jinx it. So we got Ben Hawkman from the Denver Post here, the Nuggets writer galore. What's up, Ben? So the special guest canceled and you got me? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that what happened? Unfortunately, that's what happened. Man. But you're still good. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. This is awesome. No, it's great to be here. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, there's no reason to uh, delay. There's no reason to uh, talk about anything other than what the Broncos did this weekend. This is unbelievable. This was one of the most exciting moments in Denver Bronco history. I put it right up there with the Broncos winning the Super Bowl in 32. And maybe it's just because it's been so long, but it's <laughs> pretty big right there. Are you serious? I am just saying it feels to me bigger okay. and maybe, maybe it's not as monumental as a, uh, an accomplishment. Obviously it's not, but it just feels so special. and so great. And Broncos advancing to play the Patriots and the game was just the exact opposite of what we thought. <laughs> Nate, how do we? How do you explain this? What happened? Well, I think with with Tim Tebow having you know pretty much a breakout performance, if you look at it, he's been great in the fourth quarter. So why shouldn't we expect him to be great when the pressure is the highest in the playoffs, right? I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it literally from the beat, you know, from the time when Decker got injured, right? And I, I'm sorry to say. But that was the most important thing that happened in that game, I believe. I, and, and I love Eric Decker for the most part. I think he's right. been kind of underachieving, and he's made a lot of drops. But when, when he got hurt, which is a horrible thing, but all of a sudden Tebow now is like, oh, I've got this other guy. Uh, what's his name? Demarius Thomas? Let's throw to him. I swear, like, it, I don't know if Tebow was locked into Decker before that or what, but it's like as soon as that happened, he was looking for Demarius and finding him and what great catches. Uh, I wish I was in that stadium. I couldn't go. I could not find tickets, but, 
Man, I was excited. At least you got to see the final play. You want to hear my story? Yeah. So I'm at, I'm, I'm at the gym. I've been working on the treadmill trying to look less pregnant. And <laughs> it, it's going well. And, and, and the, it goes to overtime, and they're doing the coin toss. And, and the, the walk from the gym to my condo is about two minutes. So I'm like, you know what? I'll head back. You know, I might miss a play. <laughs> But I, and and of course I missed well a play. But it was very funny. I was as I was walking home, um, all of a sudden multiple people came out on their balconies and just started like unleashing primal screams. <laughs> it was like the movie Network from the 1976 yes. when the people just started screaming out their windows. And then I quickly hopped into McLaughlin's bar, which is right near where I live, and everyone's chanting Tebow, Tebow. It was just a surreal moment. So, oh, but at least you got to see the play. I live. did, and it was funny. I watched the game. I don't. I talk about this all the time. I don't have satellite or cable television. Right? But you are kind of a pseudo so, season ticket holder. Pseudo, yeah. Pseudo. But but uh, I couldn't make it to the game, and we talked about that last week. The people we bought our, the season tickets from, of course, the conversation of what happens when they make the playoffs never came up. Oh no! And <laughs> we just kind of assumed that they would sell us. I mean, we bought two preseason tickets, and you'd think that at least earns us the right to buy them. But they didn't sell them to us, so I didn't get to go. And uh, but I'm sitting here, um, and I listen or I watch the games with my laptop and an antenna, and so I think my feed was a little bit ahead of all the people that have satellite and cable, and my window was open. And I'm watching that game, and I'm going nuts, screaming, primal screams. Sure, like you if heard, you will, yeah. Going nuts, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, and then I sit down, and I kind of have a head rush, and I don't kind of feel, I feel kind of confused. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, about 30 seconds later, I hear the entire neighborhood erupt just in screams and, and uh, chants. And so I feel like I got to see it a little bit ahead of other people on the TV, which was kind of crazy. And, oh, man, it was... Well, at my gym, man, Jamie is the guy behind the front desk. And the, the main TV in the gym uh, is like two to three seconds faster than the TV on the treadmills. And it's almost become my routine to go and watch the Broncos games on the treadmill. And as you guys know, as the listeners know, almost every game has had some crazy play in the fourth quarter overtime. And I'll be like in the zone, you know, doing my run. And all of a sudden I'll hear like Jamie like losing it over there, screaming. <laughs> and I'll like kind of like, you know, I'm running, you know, and I'm, I'm like falling to the side. I look up and then I look on my screen and, and Mary Barber runs out, out of bounds or, or something awesome happens for the Broncos. Oh, my God. Kind of ruins a moment for you a little, little bit. A little bit, a yeah. little bit, if, if you will. Yeah, and I've kind of found at my gym, I worked out a few times during the games, and I found people uh, like to applaud and clap while they're working on the like, oh, cardio yeah. stuff. You know, they're like, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, okay. Like, I guess this is, kind of a, this is kind of a thing. Well, the other – so on one of the Mondays, I was at the gym, and I had to – I had to fix my like sock, so I was like on one knee, and someone thought I was T-bowing. <laughs> Somebody come up and take a picture of yeah, me yeah, and like, yeah. upload it immediately. Right, right, right. Yeah. So oh, Ben, man. I don't know. We we talked about this before you showed up. Did you get a chance to uh, have you visited with Coach George Carl yet about his Steelers losing this game? Well, I haven't talked to George since they lost. I wrote a piece in the Sunday Denver Post about how much George loves the Steelers and how tough this was because he truly. Uh, cares about the city of Denver, and he, he's, he's he'll probably retire here and live here forever. So this was definitely a, a tough one for him. I've not gotten to speak to him about it, and I, I had the day off uh, yesterday and today. Right. Uh, so our guy Chris Dempsey was there, and and I don't know if, if they talked if George even opened his mouth about the game. To be honest, I bet he was pretty crestfallen. Yeah, it was a great article, by the way, and uh, I didn't read it until today. Oh yeah, and 
you know, I think I, 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 I would like have... filling the kitty litter again. You're like, oh, I'm... well, there's Benjamin's piece down there at the bottom. Well, Quite I... a sports cat does use a litter box. <laughs> she does, yeah. Well, I, I feel like if I had read it before the game, I would have been like, George Carl's a Steelers fan. <laughs> I, I hate Steelers fans. I, I talk about him being the biggest, scummiest pl- uh, fans on the planet so much. And uh, But then I, if I read it after the win, it's like, oh, that's all right, George. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be all right. Yeah, Get back to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and by the way, what happened in that Hornets game, George? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Taking his, his mind revenge was out on the, on the city of Denver didn't want us to have too much joy, maybe. Yeah, so it seems, my goodness. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And so there's some well, there's some things that happened in this game. Most you know, notably was the passing uh, game by Tebow. Uh, Someone, after the game, I was really surprised that he'd only completed ten passes. Yeah. Like in the second half it felt like he completed like thirty passes. He did, com- did it? Like he completed crazy? exactly how many he needed, I guess. I mean, and if you're gonna uh, throw for over three hundred yards you would think you'd get more than 10 completions. Can I ask you a question, though? The last pass, the big one, the one we'll be seeing forever here in Denver, Colorado, wasn't that like a pretty easy pass, and Demarius did most of the work? Or am I wrong? I ask you guys. I mean, he obviously had to complete it and catch the guy in stride, but it wasn't like this, like, you know, like getting it in traffic or anything like yeah, that, Yeah, it wasn't right? like that Eddie Royal pass from earlier in the game that yeah. fit through a tiny window. That's yeah. true. The funny thing about this, I thought, was the Broncos never run this. They never run the slants. Mm-hmm. They never run them. And I think there was some kind of stat where I think Denver had rushed it, what, 22 times during the game or something on first down or when they put a guy in motion. Like that setup always meant run, so Pittsburgh bit hard on the run. Mm-hmm. But they don't – yeah, they don't usually – I mean, it was a pretty easy throw and catch, but at the same time they don't do it enough – and you don't see it that much, so who knows how often they practice it. I don't that, that is a, an easy pass to throw. Okay? Okay. It's easy to throw when you're in, in practice. Right? Right. That's an easy throw to make in a game that's not as meaningful. It's mm-hmm. an easy throw to make, uh, or easier throw to make in a meaningful game at a different time. But the fact that that throw was made when it happened right. means you know, something else. And, you know, like, I, I don't want to take any credit away from Tebow because it was an easy pass mm. because just making it when he made it was the most important thing. And as in all things, timing is a very important thing. Yeah. So, you know, so like, I don't know, you know, yeah. Was it easy? Sure. But, uh, does it matter? I don't know. I mean, it's like, we even heard Demarius Thomas talk after the game about how he saw the play develop. He saw the safety come up and he knew the route that was called. And he's like, I, I knew all I had to beat was that corner, Yeah, you know, Taylor, who he'd been beating all day. And, it's kind of more on him for being able to catch that pass, knowing that, you know, if I do catch this, it's going to be a big gainer. And, I mean, he's dropped some easy ones all season. Sure. You know, and not as many as Decker. To... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's him. my about that the play and Thomas. I mean, we'll obviously talk more about Tebow and, and, and just kind of like the legend that's growing and what have you on a local and national scale. But I hope that the the casual Denver fan can appreciate what Damaris Thomas accomplished in that game and notably on the last play. I mean, I mean that that's yeah, the no thing doubt. of legend. The funny thing too, I was explaining to my friend, uh, I was watching it with a few of my buddies, uh, my friend's house. And I was explaining to him that, you know, Demarius had that, the torn Achilles tendon last season. And when he came into the league, he had great explosion. And I was like, usually with an Achilles, sometimes those can kind of go either way. And he may not have that explosiveness that he once had, but he's still a big body, good receiver. I'm like, I don't know if he has that breakaway speed anymore. And then, bam, 80 yards in overtime. It's like, well, I guess he's still got a little bit of something, huh? How about that <laughs> stiff arm? Yeah. How about that stiff arm? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's got about 60 pounds on that guy, but that was just beautiful. I, I, I mean, that, that perfect he just timing. shamed that guy with that stiff arm, and it was 
It was. I, I didn't even think after he did that. I was like, well, they're going to catch him, and right. you know, he's going to be down, and it's going to be a great play, and and we'll at least be in field goal range, right? Which is, you know, kind of best case scenario. And then he just just they never caught him, and they couldn't catch him. And it was. I kept waiting for a flag. I was like, where's the flag? Where's the holding? Where's the, you know, where, what, what, what's going to bring this back and bring us back to reality? And it never happened, and it was just. But it was another game, too, where, you know, the Broncos have had so many games this season where a play has to be made and then somebody makes it. I mean, you saw Elvis Doomerville when Pittsburgh's threatening to get into field goal position. He makes that Superman dive, knocks the ball out oh. of Roethlisberger's hand, and they lose, you know, close to 15 yards on that play or something. That they, was incredible. They're at field goal range. And I didn't even know what happened that he had hit it. It just kind of looked like the ball disappeared from uh, Roethlisberger's hand. And then that replay just stretches out, gets that giant hand out there. And what a what a play. I mean, that that is the type of play that is happening on this team is in that game. And, and when they're winning, it's like somebody's always stepping up, no matter you know if it's Eddie Royal, Demarius Thomas, Doomerville, Von Miller. All these guys are, you know, Robert Ayers had a great game. It's just kind of crazy how everybody is stepping up right when they need to. I think yeah. we learn a lot about postseason sports in general, and it was so funny being in, in the city of Denver the previous week, uh, hear, hearing the people, oh, we have no chance. How, how could we beat them? They have 12 wins. How could we possibly beat them? We, we were so bad in the previous game. And, like, for, for one, the NFL is such a week-to-week game, and, and two – whether it's NFL or any sport, it's, it's all about matchups. Uh, I, 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 my, my three M's, if you will, like matchup, matchups, motivation, and, and magic. I mean, I think those are the three things that really determine the difference in, in, in so many ball games, important ball games. And you look at, you know, last year, the, the Saints were the defending Super Bowl champions. They have to play the, the seven and nine Seahawks and they lose. Or, or I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, the, the, the Cardinals. My goodness. I mean, they, uh, you know, they made the playoffs on the last day of the season and end up winning the whole thing. I mean, it, so sometimes it just comes down to, to, like I said, matchups, motivation, and magic. And clearly all three of those are, are inside number 15. And they, and they seemed, <laughs> watching that game seemed like a different team. You know, Tebow obviously looked different than we've ever seen him play before. But the whole team seemed loose. They seemed like they were enjoying themselves. They, they really did. They didn't feel like they were on edge at all. From the opening standpoint, oh, the Colorado sports cats making a new friend here. <laughs> yeah. Fuzz, Fuzz is in the room. Yeah, so I mean, it just felt it just felt like a completely different game and a different team from top to bottom. And it was the type of experience as you're watching it that all those doubts we had the previous three weeks, where you're like, oh my god, is this team for real? I, I mean, is it is this team for real, or are these just how many times can we see this magic happen and, and then dismiss it before we accept it? And are there – what do you guys think? Do you think this team has a shot against the Patriots on Saturday? I think we saw – like everybody wants to talk about how New England came in here and dominated Denver. But, I mean, looking back on that game, I believe the Broncos were up 16-7 to to start that, that contest. And then they had three straight turnovers, which mm-hmm. really turned the entire tide of that game. It's going to be a lot more difficult, obviously, in New England on the road, hostile crowd, all that, you know, more experienced team. That clown Josh McDaniels is back in New England now. Maybe. What about that? You know, <laughs> what about that? Them signing him. If the storylines weren't crazy enough, yeah, you know, rematch of this game. You know, of course, Tebow and Brady, and then now we've got this. And 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 what about what's that? Gronkowski's girlfriend. 
What's she been? What remember? happened? I didn't even. So apparently, she's like a quasi celebrity, and she was tweeting negative things about Tebow. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to Google that one. <laughs> that's not the same gal. That's the uh, the adult film star that was wearing his jersey in those. No, it might be. Okay. To be honest, I'm I'm not I'm not familiar. <laughs> I don't even know what an adult film is, but I mean, <laughs> but I, I it might be. But, but yeah, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. ESPN was doing it. I don't know. Josh McDaniels <laughs> is back in the Broncos' lives. It's just a mind-blowing storyline. Well, it's and his th- players, too. It's Tim Tebow, it's Demarius Thomas, sure. and Robert Ayers that had great games right. enough to get us here. Yeah. And, yeah, what's he going to – you kind of think if, if he's calling the game for New England that we might have a shot, right? <laughs> well, he's <laughs> not supposed to be, right? <laughs> he's, the realist says Like, that. he's not going to be calling the plays, right? He's not the offensive coordinator for this game. Still O'Brien's team, technically. Right, but he's uh, some sort of uh, consultant or whatever, and – was this uh, – obviously they want him back. Belichick wants McDaniels back next year, but was the timing of that, bringing him in, supposed to be some sort of head game mental game? Yeah. Belichick's mini head games or something? Because I don't really see it could be a true factor in the game except for maybe overconfidence or, or something for the Patriots because McDaniels hasn't been a part of this team in this coaching staff. And, you know, yeah, for, he doesn't know these plays. I, don't, I mean, what's he going to offer? Right. Did the Rams even did the Rams play the uh, play Denver this season? No, we didn't play. So he didn't even play against them. Yeah, right. obviously the 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 offense is different. I mean, surely he'll have some nuggets of information that that can help. But at the end of the day, he's more of just from what I understand and read, he's just going to be more of a strategist. He's he's not going to come in and and change everything because he coached that team last year. Yeah, because when he was here, he didn't Tebow didn't even start a game. I don't think when McDaniel's was here because they didn't start Tebow last year until McDaniel's had already been fired. Right, you know, and yeah. it's it's not like they're using the same defensive scheme or even similar offenses at all. And it seems to me like he would just know as much or even less than Belichick, who's actually coached against the Broncos this season. So I don't understand the significance of it, but there's been a lot of talk about it. Look as, at the look at the last three weeks. So we've got Kyle Kyle Orton against the team he started the season on. Then we've got the team that the Broncos played their most recent playoff game against. And it was an AFC Championship game back in town. Yeah. And then this week, or... we're playing. We the, the Broncos are playing against Josh McDaniels. It's three of the craziest <laughs> story lines ever. Back yeah. to back to back. And the last Tom time Vansky, back the to Broncos back to back. played the Patriots, we beat them. And this was a time when nobody thought anybody could beat the Patriots. Yeah. And then we went to lose to the Steelers in that AFC Championship. I, and I said last week, well, it's our turn to beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know if you knew, both Ross and myself picked the Broncos to win last week. I like it. It might we be because the we're the Colorado sports guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I, know if it's homerism or full what. Full disclosure, but. Ben, I picked the Broncos to go 16-0 and and <laughs> win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I was off a little bit. Well, that Super Bowl thing is still, uh, still there. Oh, it's definitely on the yeah. table. And uh, you actually picked the Broncos to go 8-8, eight eight, I think. No, I think I had 10-6 and six or 9-7. and seven. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Was that the fan in you, or the or the guy who studies sports in you? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a little bit of of both of looking at the schedule mm-hmm. and uh, you know looking week to week and then determining that I thought they'd be a little bit better, I guess, than they than they started and not realizing you know they weren't going to get motivated until five weeks into the season or whatever. Right. But, yeah. Well, I, I for know. me it was just all obviously. I, I have no. I don't study sports. I don't know anything about sports. I'm just a fan. I like it. But um, some other things that happened in this game. And um, one thing I didn't even realize going into this game, it was that there was talk about Brady Quinn 
somehow getting into that game. Did you buy that? I didn't buy that one for one minute. I didn't even hear about it till after the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't pay attention to a lot of you know radio. Mm-hmm. You know, I basically read the paper and Good. follow my blogs and listen to podcasts. As far as radio or TV. You know what I mean? I don't have TV. So, you know, like, uh, uh, so I didn't even hear about this. And I, and part of me is like, well, that makes sense. They might want to talk about that because it adds another element to the, to the conversation. A lot of people at the end of that Chiefs game were like, okay, we now know that Tebow's not the guy of the future because of just how horrible he and the Broncos played. It wasn't even just him. Like, the Broncos just played poorly. And uh, except for the defense in that Chiefs game, that was still a good defensive right. game. But then after hearing about all that conversation, and then they were saying Brady Quinn was taking reps and practice, and and I I didn't buy it at all. I, I mean, I guess I didn't know about it till after, but I wouldn't have bought it because how could you possibly think Brady Quinn would? You know, what are you going to test him out to see if he's going to be the quarterback of the future? Yeah, it's I, not like he has some kind of like great medal where he's going to come in and take over or something. Like there's no possible way. I mean, he is the definition of a backup quarterback. Yeah, oh well, yeah, as long as he doesn't like ever play. Right. I mean, he's. When's the last time he took a snap? Notre it's, Dame. It's been <laughs> yeah. a couple of years, right? Right. You know, I mean, so anyway, I mean, it's so exciting. Uh, I thought the thing that was interesting too is everybody kind of points out after after this game, like I guess the buildup as well, all of Pittsburgh's injured players. There's not much talk about, you know, Chris Cooper being out for the Broncos. There's not a lot of national talk about Brian Dawkins, right. you know, the defensive ace not being there, the guy that coaches, you know, his, his, his safety mate, his teammates, you know, and then the Broncos lose Eric Decker in game as well. Sure. Pittsburgh had injuries, but so did Denver. And no Sean's been out for a while too. No Sean. Not that, he's, not, being there. not that we're talking about Terrell Davis here, but <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's another injury. Yeah. It's a, a 12 and four team versus an eight and eight team. And people want to maybe, you know, there's kind of excuses for Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger is banged up. He's always banged up. He always plays on one leg or bad, whatever. And, you know, so I heard Champ Bailey mention that I think in a, I don't know if it was a pre or post game interview, but he said, uh, you know, they asked him about Roethlisberger. He goes, Roethlisberger's always hurt, so he's always, always going to be good, and and he is one of the toughest dudes to play the game, and and he was just eliminated. It seemed like there was a couple drives in there where he looked like they were going to do what they do, but for the most part, the Broncos' defense took him. I took him out of the game, and they were sacking him and making him fumble, and it was so fun to watch. We were talking about Dawkins getting hurt and how that seemed to totally deflate the Broncos because it was right when that happened that the Broncos went on this slide. How happy were you guys to see DJ Williams seem to kind of step up and lead that team this, this game. I mean, he was all over the place and he seemed like the emotional leader out there. And uh, I feel like he's a veteran. He's been on the Broncos probably longer than anybody. I mean, I mean, on the defense. Yeah. He's definitely one of the veterans. Yeah. I mean, he's been here for years and he, I, he seemed to really step up the game. Um, champ Bailey. How do you not catch that ball? <laughs> how did you not catch that ball? You never see champ with bad hands. Either. Oh my God. Hall yeah. of Fame cornerback. He's always got, he's got wide receiver hands. His always. first year. Remember Shanahan put him Played out there wide, wide receiver for a couple, a uh, couple plays, maybe not more than that, but but anyway, great game. They stepped it up. Poor Willis McGahee, that fumble. Uh, I felt pretty bad for him because that happens, you know. I mean, it's, I, didn't, I didn't really hold it against him, but we didn't have to because, uh, well, we won. I thought it was cool. I talked to Lindsey Jones, my good friend who covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. Right. And she was on the field, uh, of course, when the, when the play happened. And she said Champ Bailey was, was just crying like a baby. And really? the other player was holding them. I mean, I mean, there was just raw emotions out there. What a night. 
Yeah. Night. I love Lindsay Jones. Love reading her stuff. She's too. good. She's yeah. good. Right. Can't. It's hard to imagine Champ Bailey crying into his big beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does kind of have a baby face until he grew that uh, giant beard. But I'm digging it. <laughs> so, so what else? So honestly, here Broncos Patriots. I don't know if you guys want to try and make a prediction here. What, what's what's going to happen? I'll let I'll let Nate. Why don't you go first here? What do you think? Man, I, I I'm not ready for it to be over. You know, I want to keep seeing some magic. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Tebow in New England. I think it's going to be hard to replicate that performance of completing, you know, four or five long passes. I think, but he's shown he has the ability to do it. He looks more confident. We're seeing him start to uh, you know check down, starting to move safeties around with his with his feet, with his uh, pump fakes, throwing motions. Um, New England's defense is not very good. Tom Brady sponsors Uggs Boots. <laughs> I want to see the Broncos win it. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm I'm, I'm well, staying with them. I feel like the game is going to be like 78 to 64 after this last game, right? <laughs> you want to predict Prater for eight <laughs> field goals again? Well, that's the thing is, I you know, I, I, I thought that we wouldn't get a lot of touchdowns, right? And, and if we did, I figured they might come on defense or even like a punt return. What happened in that game totally... I mean, was totally unexpected, but it throws a wrench into the game planning as far as Belichick goes because now, you know, he has to plan for different things and, and he has to plan for a more balanced attack because the Broncos could always probably put together some runs here and there if that there's a threat to throw. I think the Broncos had 100-plus yards in, like, the first quarter, first half of the last game against New England. I mean, this isn't a yeah. good defense, and New England fans are not very confident about that team. Yeah, mm-hmm. the offense is killer, and Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski are going to, you know, be difficult all day, but it's not, a, it's not a, a juggernaut like it has been. Any score prediction? Nate? I'm going to go uh, 32-28 Broncos. Sounds like you thought about this in depth, so I like that. I'm in. Like, Would you like to take a take a stab or? Is this well, a- I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, when you, uh, the Patriots are not an insurmountable opponent. I mean, they're a beatable opponent, like you mentioned. Their defense is good, not great, uh, and it may be even good as a stretch, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's it's Tom Brady though in the playoffs at home. I don't know what his that his record is in that scenario, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Um, it has to be. It has to be pretty good. <laughs> I. I, I, like I said earlier, I think I think we can all agree that in the playoffs, magical things happen. Uh, in in the playoffs, matchups are key. And why can't a team like them? Why can't any team? You're this far into the season. I mean, remember the Steelers themselves were the sixth seed. I know the Broncos aren't the sixth seed, but they might as well be. Um, yeah. You know, they were the sixth seed when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, whenever that was. So, I mean, I don't want to rule it out, but I, I think the realist in me thinks that the uh, the ride will end. Uh, against Tom Brady. Fair enough. And uh, a lot of people said that about this last game, too. In yeah. fact, pretty much nobody said that except the Broncos. Except for us, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know what? I, I feel like it's all going to hinge on the Broncos' defense. Can they get to Tom Brady? Can they sack him? Can they? And obviously he's going to be a little bit more difficult to uh, sack or get to as you know, opposed to an injured, hobbling Ben Roethlisberger, but Tom Brady's not known for being the type of guy like Ben Roethlisberger who, when he's not hurt, can really get out of that pocket, really make extend plays. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to win it, and that is not just the fan in me. I, I swear this, this game is ripe, and I said this earlier in the season 
when we were going into that stretch against the Patriots and the Bears, and I thought, honestly thought the Patriots were going to be less of a challenge than the Bears were, and it turned out to be opposite. Yeah. But but uh, I think the Broncos now facing them for the second time within just a, a matter of weeks, I think the Broncos are going to be able to go in there. Their defense is super motivated. There's guys on this team that are some of the best at their position in, in arguably the history of the game when you're talking about Dawkins and Bailey and it's – not certain whether or not Dawkins is going to be playing. It doesn't look very doesn't look promising. Yeah. Right. But those, it, he's still on this team, and he's still a motivating factor. I think the Broncos are going to play very well on defense, limit those uh, scoring opportunities. So I'm, I'm thinking 23-17 to 17 Broncos. All right. I, I, think, uh, I think we'll see it right around there. Keep them out of the end zone. That's what you got to do. We do. We will, and we can. And uh, you saw the way the Broncos, uh, as the Steelers were coming down there and threatening to take that game away, and the Broncos' defense stepped up, and the Broncos' defense is, with a couple exceptions, pretty healthy and also just really peaking right now. And especially, they got to be so excited. They got to be. I'm ex- I'm excited. I can't wait. <laughs> You guys got any plans for the game? You're going to go to a bar and watch it? You'll probably be on the road, right, Ben? No, I'm going to be in town. Uh, a few buddies are going to come over, and we might even drink a beer. Uh, just one. I that's, might. I'd go for a Dale's Pale Ales if you're looking for Dale's a tasty beverage. Pale, pale. <laughs> it's a favorite around these parts. I like it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, that about, I think that wraps up the Broncos. Not much else to say. You guys got anything to add before we take a break and come back into the... It sounds good to me, man. I mean, Denver once Nuggets. again, Ross, myself, we're riding with the Broncos. Ben... He's he's going with uh, reality. Well, maybe taking the Patriots. But I'm the, saying it could be at least a game. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I think they could, and they have a chance. But I'm, but I, if you if you ask me who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be New England. Well, it is true that, and uh, as a journalist, you have to separate yourself from the emotion of the event. And I don't know if you're a Denver Bronco fan per se, but I respect your objective viewpoint. And it's tough for me to be objective because Eric Decker's currently dating my ex-girlfriend no <laughs> that's gotta be wrong i'm just i'm just kidding i never dated jesse is her name jesse james is that, uh, is that yeah, her name what is so, her yeah. name country singer she yeah jessica is. james i believe yeah, yeah yeah she is not too shabby I'll she's she's much. good at looking <laughs> she is yeah i totally there's agree. a lot of female broncos fans that think the same thing about decker himself so I don't know. Oh, I find him very fetching. Just not that great of a wide <laughs> <Okay>. receiver. <laughs> All right. Right back after this. So as a Denver Nugget fan and uh, as, a, as a follower of all Denver sports, I'm very lucky, and all the listeners are very lucky to have a couple of guys like you two here. Nate Timmons, sports blogger for the DenverStiffs.com. Ben Hockman, a, a journalist, a real, you know, like, Actual. I mean, you, like, follow the team around and fly, and, like, you're making a living doing this type of stuff, which is fantastic. I'm very fortunate enough to sit here with you guys and hear you guys talk about the Denver Nuggets, which after all those months of wondering what was going to happen with the lockout, they're back and they've been playing now for a couple of weeks. What a perfect time to sit down with the two of you and hear what the experts and the real guys have to say here. Let's yeah, talk about and, we, and we are very lucky to have Ben come, uh, come in studio here with us and, and chat with us. 
Uh, it's fortunate enough that the Nuggets are on a bit of a homestand, so you're actually in town, which works out. But you do a lot of other things, too. You had, of course, uh, back in 2005, you had published the book Fourth in New Orleans. I wrote that about the Tulane football program after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Um, you're, you're becoming more widely known for your, your food taste with your, with your burger <laughs> blog. You have the, the video blog as well with the hot wings. I'm a goofball. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's fantastic, but... Talk about your As background. As opposed to us. We're very, very yeah, serious. Yes, yeah, serious. Serious, <laughs> yeah. This will never work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit about your background. You know, maybe sure. when, when you came to Denver, maybe a little bit about that book, too. That's always, yeah. always good to hear. So Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I studied journalism at the University of Missouri. After college, I was fortunate to get a job at the New Orleans newspaper, which was an awesome time to be in New Orleans. Well, I guess any time is awesome to be in New Orleans. Agreed. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was just there for the Nuggets at the Hornets the other day, and uh, we were out pretty late, if I, if I may. Yeah, that sounds I, reasonable, I can go on it? the record about that. Um, Does it, New Orleans ever shut down? No, that's the thing. That, and living there, that's what always got me was it wasn't the Fridays and the Saturdays. It was like that random Wednesday where you and I go to the bar to talk about basketball, and since there's no last call, suddenly it's like 3 a.m., and we're like debating who, who's better, <laughs> Patrick Ewing or Hakeem Olajuwon. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Ewing. Yeah, <laughs> Elijah one. He's got the rings. Uh, All right, good for it. Yeah, Elijah one. So I, I lived in New Orleans, uh, but it was cool. What I was getting at was a cool time to live there. Super Bowl, BCS championship game, Final Four for men, Final Four for women, Sugar Bowl annually. It was real fun for me to be a young journalist down there. Um, then Hurricane Katrina happened. It was devastating. But for, for us journalists, it was an opportunity to tell stories. And that's what my book, Fourth in New Orleans, is about, um, just capturing the importance of football uh, to that community. It was, it was pretty pretty cool. It was an honor for me to write that book. And then uh, 2007, came here to Denver. Um, very excited to be here. I've, I've had a lot of fun in the city. I love meeting new people. I love shaking hands, you know, getting to know personalities. And Denver, as you guys know, is such a young, fun town to be in. And uh, and now I'm just you know covering the Nuggets and tweeting my butt off at Nuggets News. If you guys are on a Twitter, send me a tweet and we can uh, DM. <laughs> yeah, and you're good on there too. I mean, I throw questions at you from time to time. You know what's going on with the team or this and that because you know yourself and Chris Dempsey, great sure. in, great inside knowledge. Christopher, and- no, he switched. Is it's he Christopher? Christopher Dempsey now. He's tw- he switched his uh, byline in the newspaper. Wow, I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a been a big change at the Denver Post. That's like uh, Debbie huh. Gibson. Yeah, as she got older, sure. she's like, now I want to be called Deborah Gibson. Right, right. Yeah. Definitely. But I'll, she'll always be <laughs> Debbie in my heart. Oh, yes. Shake your love. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, she'll always be. That was like, I was like seven, eight years old when that song came out. And that was like one of my first ever like – like crushes or even more basic, like realization that like you could be physically attracted to a human being. <laughs> it was and Debbie Gibson. There it was Debbie Gibson. I'm you telling must have been stoked when she posed for Playboy just a few years ago, right? What's Playboy? <laughs> yeah, it's. I'll I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> so you're doing you're doing the the journalism thing. How did this How did this burger blog come about? Is it just oh, for being yes. able to travel everywhere and you're yeah. in different cities? So why not? You know. I used to be really fat, and uh, I love eating cheeseburgers, and and I and I also love doing comedy. I, in, in fact, was performing stand-up comedy a lot in Denver a couple summers ago, and uh, I was the 16th funniest Jew in Colorado, if I may. Oh, yeah, there you um, go. I'm trying to crack that top ten. 
And so for me, I was like, here's an opportunity to get free hits to the Denver Post website with a blog and show a little comedic side and eat delicious cheeseburgers. I put it all together, and they gave me a website, denverpost.com slash burgers. And in, in most of the NBA cities I go to, I write, I, I do a burger blog, and it's been a lot of fun. I remember Ross has a legendary burger that he makes himself. I don't know if you really? have a chance to review that at some point. The, you, Ros- the you Roscoe make- burger. The Roscoe burger? Yeah, it's fantastic. Can, can you tell us what's in it or Absolutely. what's on it? Yeah, lean ground beef, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, um, it's not completely unheard of to take the onions and instead of putting them on top of your burger to chop them up and put them in the meat as oh, you make the patty. Fun. Okay. But that's what I do. I take some jalapenos, chop those up very finely in there. You got to mix it in with the egg white if you use the lean beef because okay. the egg white acts as a binding agent so it doesn't fall apart on your on your frying pan or in, on your grill. And then I like to uh, you know put a little salt and pepper, some Worcestershire. Worcestershire. It is a tough word. Worcestershire, <laughs> Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. The big W. <laughs> the big that's w. What I, call it. I, I try to <laughs> pretend like I'm from Boston and call it Worcester sauce. There I don't you know go. if that's accurate or not. Close. And then um, the one thing I do in there that makes it kind of sets it apart from other people that make burgers probably because it's not a big thing out here in Colorado is Old Bay seasoning, which is more mm. typically used on like lobster or crab or something. But you put a little of that in there, grill it up, medium rare, and it is fantastic. Listen to you. That sounds like multiple fun. Multiple people <laughs> tell me it's the best burger they've ever had. Ever. It's multiple. Not, ju- not just his multiple. mom and dad either, which he yeah. makes them for. Well, I, I made it for my parents. They didn't seem that impressed, actually. <laughs> I made it for them this summer. For the first time, they're always like, yeah, "Dad's not ready to give up that title yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the best oh, cook I in the see. family, right? <laughs> there it is. You know what? My dad is not the best cook in the family, but he's an excellent backcountry cook. Grew up hunting and fishing with him, and he can fry up a fish. But uh, what's your favorite burger, never that you get at a restaurant or a bar? You know, it's crazy. Um, I went to Red Robin actually today and got a burger, Red Robin's and they good. make good burgers. My friend Brian Travis t- got me on to uh, Red Robin. I'd never been to it, and the way he explained it to me is like. It's one of the best burgers you ever had, and, and no matter where you are in the country, as long as there are, there's a suburbs, you can go and find a Red Robin. And it's indeed. True. So wait, that is what you will say, though, is the Red Robin? Well, no, I mean, I had that one today, so I brought it up, but there's, uh, there's so many new independent burger joints that are popping up everywhere. It's kind of like the new burrito, you know, as far as all these... Like, everywhere you go now, there's a Smash Burger or sure. uh, an H Burger. And I don't even know if that place is still open downtown. But there's a place not too far over here called Park Burger. That's good. On South Pearl. Yeah, man. And it is fantastic. Great call. Great burger. I've never even heard of it. It's, I guess yeah. I'll be going there at some point. I guess maybe, yeah. It's like Platt Park. Maybe they named it Park Burger. I don't know. I think it might be becoming a chain. But that may or may not be the first one that they've had in, or the first location. But, yes, nice, very man. good burger. Nice comes in a bat. It's so good. I've so, always been yeah. impartial I'm go to with the... Park Burger, but it's hard. Burgers are kind of always good, right? Yeah, it's I hard like, to mess it up. I like the cherry cricket. That's my favorite too, Nate. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. good. I mean, no offense, because there's a lot of good burgers in the city. Let's not let's not kid. Um, you know, my brother's bar is, is delicious. Yep. I really like City Grill. Burger King is good, but uh, there's, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you the what is it? The jalapeno cream cheeseburger. At Cherry Cricket. Yeah. That's my favorite. My, my, uh, your namesake, Nate Kreckman, a good friend of mine on um, ESPN Radio here in town. Yeah, great local radio guy. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome dude. But he, his biggest complaint, and he makes a good point, is the bun at ah. Cherry Cricket. What kind well, of bun is it? I well, don't it's just a normal bun, but it gets so soggy so fast. Whereas he adores the City Grill Burger. The burger is maybe you know a 9 to, to, the, to the Cherry Cricket's 10. 
but the bun is like this crisp piece of bread that really enhances it. So is that, it like a yeah, French roll or like? Yeah, a, I think it might be a French roll. See, that's a like that can change the whole dynamic of a burger. Is if you eliminate that squishy oh, yeah. white bread bun and you go out and get something that maybe a burger wasn't ever intended to be on. I like it. It changes things about it. So I I can dig that. Yeah, I can agree with Nate Crackman on that one. It's all about the buns for sure. Yeah, always. How about the uh, how about the hot wing the video blog? Oh how, yes, how'd that start about? I, I saw I believe one of them. Were you guys at City? Grill We're at City Grill, same yeah. place. Yeah, uh, my buddy Lauren Gardner is a cool girl and. Um we we were having a, a drink one night talking, and she wants she likes the burger blog that I do, DenverPost.com slash burgers. And she's like, I want to do the same thing but like a video with chicken wings. And she asked me if I would, you know, kind of come along. And I would, I would kind of like be her muse, like a like, like Woody <laughs> Allen's Scarlett Johansson. That's basically like what I would be. And no, it was just – I mean, so it was just fun. And we, we, you know, we go to the wing place, and we – just devour them. We, we turn into cavemen and women. And again, we're making jokes and, and, and we have a lot of fun. So I think you can type, that's called winging it. And, uh, and you can find that on, on our Denver post blog or on a uh, YouTube, just type in winging it with that with an apostrophe after the end. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause I think winging it is our rival. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds too yeah. uptight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, know that, I was uh, out there winging it this weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, my, my Denver Stiffs, uh, my co-proprietor there, Andrew Feinstein, yeah. uh, I told him that you were doing this, and he was like, what? He couldn't believe it. He's like, why hasn't he been to Jake's yet? Well, we just started, but I would love to go to Jake's. I always have fun when I do go to Jake's. And he boasts about the wings there. Like, he, he loves them. So. He boasts about everything in life. <laughs> yes, he does. He's a boaster. <laughs> He's a, a shameless self-promoter. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> burgers, wings... You can really screw up. Yes. Big time. You really can. And there's a lot of places doing it very poorly. It's frustrating. And wings are one of my favorite things. I've never even made it myself. I'm too intimidated by the process. But There's a little place up in Casper. Grill's good. When I was up in uh, Wyoming, Casper oh, yeah. has a place that smokes them like all day. Really? And they're, they're amazing. We went there a few times. That was delicious. But, That's awesome. Yeah. So where, where else have you guys been? Have you just done Luciano's, Luciano's. Ah. We, we were actually about to post that video. Um, we went, good golly, what was it called? In, uh, and who says good golly, by the way? We went, we were in. Um, <laughs> it's a family-friendly show, so yeah, yeah, keep yeah. it up. That's good. <laughs> we were in uh, near DU. And we went to a place, maybe like Spanky's. Is that a place? Spanky's, yeah. yeah. Right by DU. The wings there were good, but I still think that the the City Grill has the best wings. They have these barbecue wings that uh, they they you put them put the wing in your mouth and like honestly, it feels like they're they're doing doing the Dougie in there. <laughs> All right. Have you gone to uh, the College Inn? I heard they have good wings College over there. Inn. Have I gone? I don't know. Where's the College Inn? I believe that's around the near DU the College area, maybe, yeah. where, I think. Yeah, <laughs> DU area maybe. I don't know. Or on a College. Road, College Boulevard, somewhere. Yeah, or There's... owned by a guy who went to college. <laughs> <laughs> like... His last name's College. Yeah, or something. Fred, Fred College. <laughs> oh, Freddie College. The Castle Rock Colleges. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, all right. So get get more into this uh, into this Nuggets stuff a little bit. So you, you are the Nuggets beat writer. You're with the team. Um, a lot of people on our side, Denver Stiffs, you know, we, we try to promote you guys, yourself, and uh, Christopher Dempsey as much as possible. Um, <laughs> what's something, I guess, about, about your job, your day-to-day, like, uh, that, you, that you really like about being a beat writer? What's something that's... I'll you know, tell you, man. Talking to George Carl every day. Uh, I, I've covered a lot of coaches in my career, football, basketball, what have you, and there's been some cool ones, but there's nothing like George. He 
I don't want to say he has no filter, but he's just so honest and intelligent with almost everything he says uh, that I just really enjoy. It sounds cheesy, but like being in his presence. And, and I, I this, this will sound even cheesier, but when I when I write my stories, I, w- I want to be the most informed Nuggets guy and really get the fans the best and most accurate information about the team. So when they read the story in the newspaper in the morning and then they read the blogs and tweets during the day, they are now like prepared to watch the game and they know what to look for and, and, and such. And I feel that George Carl uh, helps the Denver Nuggets fans be smart basketball fans because of what he tells myself and Christopher. Yeah, very true. He does. Uh, he's a real personable guy. I mean, he's, he knows uh, – and he knows basketball. I mean, oh, that's his life. It's he's he's a he's got a PhD in basketball, but he's also worldly. I mean, he's I mean, don't get him going about the military or or thing or, or politics or things like that. He'll talk your ear off in a cool way. But yeah. uh, he's he's just a very fascinating guy, and of course, he's I mean, you could say he's an inspiration to a lot of people too. Beat cancer twice, including this most recent bout, um, and then of course. He's just like a good, good human being, a family man, and he's got his young daughter. He brings her to practice sometimes. So again, I mean, I still cover the team objectively in the whole thing. And there's times where I've written things where he's, he's, he turned into furious George uh, after after reading a couple of my articles. But uh, but I definitely respect him, and it's fun to be around him on a daily basis to answer your question. Okay. One of the things I like about George Carl, and uh, before it gets into big of a George Carl love fest, is that he seems to want to be here in Denver. Totally, he. From the very beginning, when he came here, he seemed to express such a love for this community. Uh, it's an old ABA city, um, and you know he has a strong background in that. And so, you know, like, can you look back at the history of like Doug Moe being here yeah. and the connection there? So it's it's like it's not 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 all NBA cities have an opportunity to have a guy like George Carl be the face of their team. Right. And now that the team has been reborn this season, is a way to put it, I guess, he is the true face of this team. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past few years with Carmelo Anthony here, maybe it wasn't so much. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's been fun, and, and I, I'm really excited about this team this year. It just seems, it seems kind of like hardworking, fun, energetic guys that are out there just playing hoops, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah. And let's say, uh, okay, just keeping with this whole theme of, you know, what you like, what you don't like about your job. Um, how about, how about, I know back in the, back in the day, it was where beat reporters were, were actually traveling on team planes. Right, right. right? And you got to fly. Uh, that's, you've had a little distance now. They don't do that anymore, right? Right. And if you were still on those planes, how much money would you owe to these players from the card games that you'd lose? Yeah, to? I would lose constantly. <laughs> My goodness, it would be a joke. <laughs> Uh, it, I, 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 we were actually just talking about that, Ross and I, as we were walking in here to the studio. We, I think it would be fun to uh, to travel with the team, but I get to stay another night in the cities uh, because of that. Because uh, yes. they fly right out, no matter what. Um, so I always tell people the best part of my job is the travel, and the worst part of my job is the travel. Um, you get to go to some awesome places, Toronto, New York, Los Angeles, and then you also have a scenario I have next week where I cover a game in Milwaukee, and then that morning at 6 a.m., I have a flight to Philadelphia. Oh, wow. You know, but again, yeah. it beats real work. You know what I've heard recently, <laughs> something I never would have expected, is that Oklahoma City, of all places, has become this, like, cool, uh, you know, smaller town, trendy, hip place to be. Is this true? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I actually lived in Oklahoma City with the New Orleans Hornets. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, or with the New Orleans Hornets, um, when they were like the Oklahoma City Hornets right. in 2005, 2006, 2007. 
Um, look, <laughs> there's a few cool spots in Oklahoma yeah. City, and I really enjoy it. One of my favorite restaurants uh, on the circuit is called the Mantle Wine Bar and Bistro. A great spot, a trendy spot. But, like, for everyone, like, across the street is Toby Keith's. Okay. I mean, and I love Toby. And I love we got one music. of those here, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I'm a very versatile guy in regards to my music and my love hip-hop, but I also love country. Um, and I, so I, I respect Toby, his music. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're ta- the way you described Oklahoma City, you made it sound like we're talking about, like, a cool area of New York City. Right. Which I would say only maybe a restaurant or two. Or really? Okay, so maybe there's a block or two. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. no Austin. It's no, it's okay. no. Awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's... Is, there, is there anything out there that, that perhaps with your with your job with the early travel, like you explained the uh, the Milwaukee and Philadelphia early flight? Is there is there some stuff that maybe that not necessarily that you don't like, but some difficult things with your job where you find it to be kind of hard or difficult or? Sure, I mean, the, the travel can be can be can wear on you, and I mean, you go to that airport. This should be a sitcom, just like people. Getting from like point A to point B and all the things you go through at the airport. My favorite was I had, um, you know, I was trying to be stylish and I'd gotten this new like hair mousse type thing to like make my hair spiky. <laughs> and and I'm going through the line and, um, and all of a sudden they're like, sir, you need to come over here. I'm like, what, what, what? And they go, this is 3.4. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, apparently, like, three or four ounces or whatever, the, okay. the, the, however they, they do it. And I go, okay. And they go, well, the maximum is 3.3. <laughs> so I go, sir. And I open the thing. I go, half of it is gone. <laughs> Clearly, there's more than an ounce gone in this. And it was like I overpaid for the hair mousse. And the, the, so it was very expensive. And the guy was not playing along. I'm like, and it's not playing along. It's just logic it's obvious but because the container itself was 3.4 they had to throw away this expensive hair mousse There's and maybe that's what i get bucks. for wearing the hair mousse to, be, to begin with the was product that, excuse me the product was that the last time you wore that product did you go buy a new one i've, I've grown my hair out ever since ever since the <laughs> airport debacle of 09 uh, Silent speaking protest of, speaking of hair or facial hair our, our readers on denver stiffs have pointed out that um you know, back in the '80s, with with Knight Rider mm-hmm. and with Star Trek, you had uh, David Hasselhoff's uh, the evil side of him came out, or whoever the evil character was okay. had a goatee, right? Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. The evil Spock, I believe, also sported a goatee. Yeah. And this year, we're seeing George Carl with the goatee, and some people have started calling him Evil George Carl. That's funny. I don't know exactly why, but uh, you know, he's he has this huge task of. You know, balancing minutes for all these players, that's kind of been something that, you know, a lot of a lot of our fans, a lot of people that read Denver Stiffs and you can probably see it in the in the Bronx or the Denver Post comment section as well of, you know, why isn't Kenneth Freed playing? Sure. Why isn't Corey Brewer playing? Like how do you see this team with all of these players being able to would you envy George's job of having to divvy up all these minutes? Right, right. Well, r- right before I get into the, the minute situation, I'll tell you about his goatee. Yeah. Uh, he's on my uh, my list, uh, my, my my naughty list, if you will. Again, a family friendly <laughs> show. Um, he grew the thing for Movember. Right. Now I know, and then George, of course, has, has raised a lot of money and awareness for for cancer research. Uh, one, one, one of the one of the giants of that of that uh, charitable endeavor. So I, I, I commend that. But for Movember, you're supposed to grow a mustache, 
And George, the, because the mustache looks ridiculous. I myself have a mustache. You can see it on my at Nuggets News Twitter avatar, a picture of me with, with that. I mean, there's something to be said about the goofy ridiculousness of a mustache. Well, what does George do? He grows a stylish goatee that includes a mustache within. I've, I've told him to his face that he cheated in November, I don't think that's fair. It is cheating. Yeah, I, and uh, but I, I'll let it, I'll let it slide because of all he's done for cancer research and such. That is true because I was coming over here during uh, our podcast in November, and Ross was partaking in this. Oh, nice! And it was it was literally hard to walk through the door here each week. It got creepier and weirder. Sure. And I was like, I don't know. I was just making sure that everything was on the up and up before I came in. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. the deal. I have a I have a problem, uh, and that is I my my dad told me years ago as I have made. Many fruitless efforts in growing some facial hair. Okay. He, he pulled me aside and he said, he said, Ross, if you're anything like me, you will not be able to grow a decent beard, a decent mustache, a decent goatee, a decent flavor saver until it's completely gray. Oh, wow. So I'm just... Just didn't work out for me. And by the way, you're completely wrong. This mustache looks fantastic. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, but to answer your question, uh, there is there is no question that George Carl has has a has a huge issue on his hands. And and George, I've said this before. George Carl is the most important nugget this season in, in regards to the fact that he's the one who's going to manage these minutes. He's the one who has to keep everybody happy. And you look at Birdman already, and I'm not saying Birdman is, is, is disgruntled by any means, but here's a guy who thought he'd be playing 15 minutes a game, and he's playing four or five. Yep. And, of course, we're seeing Costa Kufis have some nice games. He hasn't played great in every game, but he's definitely said he deserves to, to get some minutes. And there's, there's a, George made a joke he was going to petition the NBA for a 60-minute game just so he could keep his team happy. But at the end of the day, it needs to be a healthy competition among the Nuggets players. And we saw that for the most part, maybe Raymond Felton, notwithstanding last spring when the Nuggets had their 18-7 and run after the Carmelo trade. So it's going to be, of course, fascinating to see how George balances it and keeps his guys motivated. And, and as Corey Brewer, and actually Christopher Dempsey is writing a piece for tomorrow's Denver Post about Corey Brewer, Corey Brewer is a perfect example of a guy who wants to be a star, or at least a starter, yeah. and he's not. But when he gets his minutes, he's providing instant energy, and, and, and we saw it in the game at San Antonio. They lost the game, but they were down 20. Brewer comes off the bench and, and makes some steals, makes some dunks, and suddenly the Nuggets are, are down single digits. Isn't Brewer kind of a – we were just talking about looks, goatees, and this and that. Brewer looks like he's from 1974. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's got that old school – he's he's you know six eight six nine. He weighs 180 pounds soaking wet. Right, right, right. He's got kind of the a little bit of a balding, you know, look up top, the headband. I mean, oh, totally. It looks <laughs> like he played for the ABA Nuggets or maybe the Denver Rockets. What were they like? 1968, yeah. something like that. Yeah, he'll fit in when they wear the throwbacks this season. Totally, sure. I'm excited about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just thought about this for throwback night. Maybe I should wear like a throwback outfit, like an old press hat with yes, the, oh, with the card hat. and the fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a great the press idea. card in there. Yeah, let's do it. You yeah. You have to cut your hair, like do a little bit. Ah, of those. you're right. You're right. <laughs> so we'll see how far you want to take it. But. Yeah, but hey, I think that's a, I'm excited. <laughs> just go the Chris Anderson, the the slicked back, right? The, that's true. The Pat Riley, and, and then instead of like asking George, like George, can you describe why your defense was successful in the fourth quarter? I'll say, Hey, George, what's the scoop? See, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be perfect. Yeah.
So you, you also had uh, over over the weekend, I believe, uh, your uh, article, Spurs, the model for new look, team first nuggets. Oh, yeah. I mean, this team is, like, like you're saying, you know, a healthy competition with minutes. Um, it, it has seemed Carl's kind of talked, uh, you know, with you guys as, and to the media about, you know, he's not a fan of egos. He likes, in your article, you pointed out, you know, he's, he's not a fan of egos. He loves these team first guys. And I was kind of wondering, is this team, you know, they do seem to get along really well, and they're taking, I know Daniel Gallinari has been sending out kind of goofy pictures on Twitter from right. the, the plane and the bus, but are these guys pretty close off the court? Do you get that sense that they do enjoy each other? I'm, I'm sensing that um, it's a long season, and it's just like any office or any fraternity in college or what have you. You're going to, you know, love the heck out of a lot of guys, and there's going to be a few you're like, I don't know. Um, but I've been watching the dynamic of this locker room, if you will, and at practice, and it's been a – there seems to be a fun young vibe, and I give credit to Al Harrington and Andre Miller, the two veterans, I mean, I guess Birdman too, but notably those first two I mentioned, about how they've done a good job of just kind of like incorporating everybody socially, and you know, they've had some team dinners and things like that, and it is a fun young dynamic because, as we know, in previous seasons, there were such loud, large personalities in that locker room, I and mean, there were there were four of them, I mean, and I'm not even counting Chauncey, I mean, you look at Allen Iverson, you look at Kenny Martin, Carmelo. Anthony, of course, and even J.R. Smith. I mean, these were guys that commanded the room. Well, now the kind of quiet guys in the corner are the main guys when you look at Gallo, when you look at Ty Lawson and Aaron Aflalo and, and such. What was the deal going on? There was kind of a – it looked like a, a prank war or a battle going on between Jordan Hamilton and Ty Lawson. Oh, yeah, on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the scoop on that. Um, I forgot what it was, but apparently he had like a, a video of him that he was threatening – Ty was threatening to put on Facebook um, <laughs> or, and, and Twitter and, and maybe even MySpace. I don't know. <laughs> what, MySpace was so cool. And then like snap of the fingers, it was so dorky. Is yeah. it still around? I mean it's it still exists. I remember Seth Myers on Center at Live referred to it as uh, – uh, the internet's abandoned amusement park. It is so kind of <laughs> creepy. I remember a couple of years ago before I canceled mine, I went back and just it was bizarre. I still yeah. had the same smiley face. You know? Oh yeah, I set up on my status. It was like I'm feeling perturbed. perturbed. And I was like, I don't feel perturbed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got like the Change cool life. song from 2007. Timberland, with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, that yeah. Was it. You could make your song whatever <laughs> song you wanted to. So you try to be ahead of the curve by putting like the popular song. Yeah. But now like it's like frozen in time. <laughs> I had a song on there by a group called uh, the Chain Gang in 1974. And now I can't remember what the song was, and it's gone. And I've been I'm scouring the internet, and I you can't, can't find, find it. it. I can't find it. Well, Chain Gang, if you're listening right now. Yeah. Email Nate and, and get him the name of your song. So how is, uh, how's communicating been in the locker room with these players? We have a huge uh, international we do, yeah. flavor with the team now. I know uh, last season when uh, Timothy Mozgov came over, he seemed to, when they tried to interview him right when they were on the sidelines from the Knicks, he was, you know, he struggled a bit. I mean, is that, has communication moments. improved? Yeah. Yeah, Timofey is actually, uh, his, his English has gotten better. There's no question about it. It was fun. Uh, my buddy, Yevgeny, uh, is from Russia. So when I did a big Mozgov feature this this. December, I brought in Yevgeny to the Nuggets practice facility, and, and I just gave Yevgeny my questions, and he asked him to Mozgov, and they did the interview. Oh, that's awesome! Um, in Russian, and it led to some good quotes and, and such in the for our story in the Denver Post. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a, I, mean, I think the Nuggets have the most international players except for Toronto um, right now, and 
I mean, you just where go, Masai Ujiri came from. Exactly, and then <laughs> and then if you count Masai Ujiri, of course he's an international uh, guy, and then uh, so it, it's it's fun. There's no question about it. But it, of course, some of these guys I won't necessarily name names are not the the most. Here I am trying to talk about being expressive, and I can't even express my own <laughs> sentence. But uh, you know, they'll say like, "Oh, it was a tough game. We played hard." You know, and like, "Come on, give me, give me some, some good juice, some good quotes." You right. know, uh, so that that's kind of frustrating. But everyone seems to be pretty friendly and nice for the most part. Did they have a translator at all for for Mozgov? Did anybody else even need one, or did they have anybody for him? Or no, I mean, because you brought in your friend to, to help with the interview. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, old old Tina Fey Mozgov doesn't do that many uh, interviews. Yeah. But, but if he ends up becoming like a star player and he's going to have to talk more, they might they might consider that for sure. But right now, I think I'm like the only one that interviewed him this year. <laughs> Did you perk up when he said Tina Fey, Mozgov? Well, I've been <laughs> constantly wondering about how to pronounce his name. And, you know, I've heard Timothy, Timothy, but now Timofey. Right. right. And Timofey. Coach Carl calls him Timo. Oh, which is interesting. But the one I think that's catching on the most around the locker room is uh, Drago. From, Rock, from Rock, Rocky IV. <laughs> I must break, break you. you. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it. Jinx. Uh, That's fantastic. And we've heard that there's kind of been the um, the self-promotion name from Kenneth Freed of Manimal. Sure. He's been selling the T-shirts all summer via Twitter and whatnot. And then we kind of hear from, uh, I believe, Scott Hastings and Chris Marlowe that the team has coined him Bounce. Yeah. Is, what's going to win out there? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I think Manimal will – I mean, Bounce will probably be his nickname among the teammates um, or DNPCD. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, a little inside <laughs> basketball joke. I wish you'd play more. Yeah, I, well, I think a lot of fans do. I actually did a blog the other day. You know, I specifically asked George Carl, I'm like, explain to the fans why this guy, this highlight reel guy isn't playing more. And he, he said it was as simple as – is you got to earn your minutes, and sure he can make these awesome dunks, but let's be realistic. Does he does he know the system as well? Does he know the tendencies as well? Is he improving as an overall NBA player? The question, I mean, yeah, but not as much as in a normal season because they're not practicing as much. And then the aforementioned Costa Kufis is is playing pretty well. There's another guy taking low post minutes, so yeah, it, it, it's frustrating for the for the fans who like the dunks, but. I mean, look, J.R. Smith was a heck of a dunker, too, but he, he made George Carl's goatee go gray uh, <laughs> right. because of all the, all the bad things he did. Well, we see that game, uh, you know, last night against New Orleans. You know, you had the night off, but I'm sure maybe you I tuned in tuned in a little bit. But you see that game. I mean, New Orleans, you know, jumps out to nearly a 20-point lead. The team seems very flat. It just seemed like the perfect time to put Freed in the game to see if either him or Corey Brewer, who did play a little bit, would – you know, provide some sort of different energy or something. And, and you had that, that great Spurs article about how the Nuggets are maybe modeling themselves after the Spurs. And yeah. Of course, George, uh, you know, he likes Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. uh, thinks he's a great coach. And, and Popovich has never seemed to have a problem playing these young guys. I mean, he Gary Neal had a great season last year as a rookie, an yeah. older rookie, but Popovich seems to trust these younger guys, and it doesn't seem that George ever really does. Yeah, I mean, I – that's a good point. I think unless just, you go to North Carolina, right, right, right. <laughs> unless you're the fastest human being besides Usain Bolt, then maybe you'll you'll play a lot of point guard for the Nuggets. Yeah. No, but I mean, when you when you look at the Farid situation, clearly George wants to win the game. Right. And I mean, it's as simple as that. And like he's he's got a smart staff, and they've spent a lot of time working with Farid. And 
it, I mean, just to make an excuse for them, they, they feel that, yeah, they might get a dunk or two out of Fareed, but those are basically plays created by the, the point guard or the guard penetrating and getting him the ball for the dunk. How, so what I'm rambling about is how, how can Wilfred hurt you? on the defensive end. We hurt you in different ways. Yeah. And, of course, the coaching staff is, by not playing him, is saying, we're afraid to put him out there in certain situations at this point in his young career. Is there kind of, is there some, some, some guys with the team, some coaches? I noticed the other night when, when Mozgov had been passed the ball in the post, like you kind of see on the sidelines that Melvin Hunt kind of was starting to get excited, and then when Mozgov turned and made a shot, like, Melvin was the first guy off the bench, really, you know, rooting him on. Is there kind of some relationships within the team right there, like with the specific coaches working with guys yeah. that are, you know, maybe more excited about his progress or watching his progress more closely? Totally. I mean, the Nuggets have a – and I talk to people around the league, and they speak so highly of the Nuggets' assistant coaches. And, and George Carl, one of the things he hangs his hat on is not just player development but coach development. And and you look at his coaching tree, there's a lot of uh, good coaches out there, and, and, and his staff – spends a lot of time, I mean, so does every staff, don't get me wrong, right. but uh, working after practice with certain guys I know, and I've interviewed Melvin about Timo before, and he's, he's, he's just very, Melvin is very excited uh, about what this guy can do because Timo loves to play. He's such a good lateral mover, which is, which is tough for a 7-1 guy and such. Um, so, yeah, so then, of course, when you spend an extra hour with a guy after practice every day and then he's suddenly doing it in an NBA game, it, it'll definitely get your juices flowing. Yeah. And how was, uh, how, how's Harrington been this year with his, you know, he seemed, you know, people were saying he's out of shape and then you, you come to maybe think that the plantar fasciitis played more of a role. Right. Has he looked, is he rejuvenated this season? Perfect Like word. everywhere? That's the perfect word. Al Harrington's been rejuvenated this year and, I don't know where where his points per game will finish. I mean, he's he's had some great games, and then last night I think he had two points or something like that. But he's rejuvenated. He now realizes that, like we said earlier, with some with big personalities gone, he is now one of those veteran leaders in the locker room. I think he's embracing that. I think he 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 of course like any player would want to play forty eight minutes and 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 such. Right. It's, it's, I mean that's you're, I mean in anything in life, whatever your profession is, you want to. Do it as much as possible at the highest level. So it's frustrating, of course, for all these guys to not play. But Al Harrington has really embraced his minutes. There's no question about it. And he just, again, he seems rejuvenated, seems to be excited, uh, more confident, and even making some defensive plays. And that was the knock on him and, uh, in last year. And basically, I, I kind of sense the tone, the tenor of the Nuggets fans through my Twitter feed, at Nuggets News, <laughs> if I didn't mention that. And, um, and last year, I mean, I could just like – I could say a word that sounded like Harrington, and right. people people would go nuts. You know, like, like uh, I don't know what it would be, but blaring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's good. Yeah, and like, and like I went to high school with Ann Harrington. If I like made something about Ann Harrington, it's really like she better not be related to Al. And by the way, he shoots too much. You know, like, you know. Right. So, so definitely, what I'm getting at is the fans. I could I could sense where they're coming from with Al last year. Well, this year there's not as much of that, uh, and obviously for for good reason. He's playing good basketball. Yeah, fans are loving him this season. Yeah, it's fun. But so, do you see with this team? Do you buy into this whole? You know, you need a superstar to win. Do you see this team having you know two or three guys that maybe are going to fill in that role as the season wears on? As this crazy sixty-six game season yeah. wears on? Well, there, there's there's not going to be a superstar this year on the Nuggets, no matter how well anybody plays. It's just not the way the team is built. It's not the way 
It's not how the roster is. I mean, you look at the names. But what George Carl has said, and I'll buy into this, he says the, the, the way the Nuggets will be good this year is if two of their top four players have a breakout year. Uh, and we look at Aflalo, Ty Lawson, Nene, and Danilo Gallinari as, as the top four. If, if two of them can have a breakout year, he thinks that they're going to go far. Um, well, Ty Lawson is. And then – Gallo's had some good games, and so I think if those two guys can keep a center, I mean, Ty Lawson could very well be an all-star this year, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. And now he's averaging like 16-6, and six, so that ain't bad, uh, especially in the, in the West where there's not that many great guards on good teams. Um, so it's something to debate about. So, again, you asked me if, 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 if they can win without a superstar. I'm so on the fence. I'm so on the fence. Um, you know, listening to George every day, trying to brainwash me by saying that they don't need a superstar. It gets yeah. you thinking, and he breaks it all down. But you, Carmelo did a lot of things bad, but he did a lot of things great too. And you think about the way he could take over a game in the fourth quarter, for better or worse, uh, he was a game changer. Sometimes it was worse, but a lot of times it was better. And George can, tries to convince every media member that asks him that we don't need that guy in the fourth quarter as long as we're doing it on the other end. If we're getting stops and, and ascending as a defensive team, we don't need a uh, air quotes superstar or an actual superstar or whatever to be to try to take over the game on the other end. Um, so that's that's what he says. So who gets that yeah. call at the end of a game when you need a bucket? You know who gets the call on this team? He doesn't know. I asked George Carl that very question the other day. It's it's going to be a feel thing. You know, if one guy's it's in matchups. Come back to matchups. We're talking about that in the Broncos segment. Um, who who's defending and such? But I mean, he's got a list in his head, and it's probably not going to be Mozgov. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> right. I, I, it could. It, there's a lot of guys. I mean, heck, even last year, um, Aaron Aflalo had had a big one, um, and Melo was still on the team, a game-winning shot. Uh, of course, he, he loves Gallinari, Ty Lawson. Both those guys can get to the get to the rim pretty fast. So I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be Nene, but I, so the 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 and this, this is kind of a fun little line. Like the the good thing is they they don't need a go to guy because they have five of them. The bad thing is they've got five of them, but are any of them the ones you want to have the ball? In their well, hands? it certainly helps out in those situations, is making it more difficult for the other team to defend that true you know yeah. and depending on how much time you have you know there's different things you could do pick and roll Nene, or, or you know if it's a lot just like three seconds left you need to get it in there ty lawson's certainly a good option from three-point land if you need that or so i mean it, i think yeah, that's that's fun to hear yeah. from a nuggets fan perspective sure like myself that's that's kind of cool like we've got a good well-rounded team and I think it's going to give the opportunity for a couple of players really to make a name for themselves. Totally. And they all have to be excited about that. Right. And so fun times. It is fun times. Yeah. At least we're Nuggets watching basketball. basketball. Well, it's been more fun times than the first week of training camp when it was quite possible that both Aflalo and Nene would not come back to Denver. Yeah. And then you're wondering, so how bad will the Nuggets be? You know, you're saying, well, and then, then you're talking about the draft. Well, that's a pretty good draft, though. Maybe they can get a good player out of the draft. Yeah. Well, now we're talking about <laughs> can they make the top four in the Western Conference. So it, it, it's crazy how something like two, two players can change the dynamic of all that. Yeah, it definitely went from being, you know, like you said, are they going to be in the draft to is this a team that's going to be able to get out of the first round? Yeah, is, meaning that they'll even be in the first round. Right, In yeah. the playoffs. Like yeah. everybody kind of assumes now that those guys are back, that, yeah, they're good enough, they'll be there, right? Yeah, totally. Fantastic. Well, what do you guys think about doing a little bit of a trivia head-to-head Oh, I love here? trivia. Yeah. 
We do have um, some trivia questions that I have provided here. Okay. They're all Nuggets-centric. Me and Ross did look them over, so we uh... – <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Timmons has not seen these. I'm pitting, the, I'm pitting uh, the Denver Stiffs guy versus the Denver Post guy I like against it. each other. There is a prize. Prize? Okay. For whoever won. Do you but, uh, reveal the prize? Not or? until the end. Okay. It's uh, – uh, just know though. it's a really yeah. good one. Hopefully okay. a plane ticket somewhere, Hawaii perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> see what the uh, budget calls You know for. what? Yeah. Uh, I want you to fo- guys to focus on it, thinking that it might be a Hawaiian okay. uh, all-expenses-paid trip. Okay. In the past, we've done this. We've done this with uh, some uh, some guests we've had on here. Our uh, avalanche past, bloggers. Yes, we had Angelique um, and um, Cheryl, Bradley. Cheryl Bradley on from our high hockey. Okay. They came on. We pitted them against each other. Don't remember who won, but it was a heated battle. We had you and Jeff. Um, Jeff Morton from Denver Stiffs. Yes. I lost, I believe. Ooh. I think you may have lost. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I think I lost on like a uh, an awful the periodic table for gold or something like that. Yeah, you didn't A-U. know that one. AU, yeah. See? Oh, this guy would have been good. Well, let me tell you, there's none of those questions in here. They're all nuggets. I don't think I've ever even seen it. In the past, the format In the past, the format was one person – Gets a question, and then if they get it right, that's a point, and then the next person gets a question. Today, we're mixing it up. Oh, okay. So, Nate, Timmons, I'm going to go ahead and need you to – Close the laptop. Uh, so there's yeah, no... close the laptop. I, I believe you. I, I and imagine. I'm going to go ahead and need Nate to go ahead and step into the isolation chamber here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're doing it. Not oh, right. yeah, because uh, we're going we're gonna to really do this. It's kind of like win Ben Stein's money. Remember that? Yeah, with, and uh, Jimmy – Kim, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel was on that show as yeah. the uh, kind of like the funny MC guy. Exactly, yeah. His break, yeah. So Outside Nate, is where I'm going. well, yeah, that's the most uh, airtight, uh, uh, soundproof room. Uh, don't listen in if you can. Don't stick your ear to the thing. Stick your ear to the thing. <laughs> so now he's gone. Can we like talk about Nate for oh real now? God, dude. Um, so you want to co-host? A podcast with me on a regular basis <laughs> are you phasing nate out while he stands on your balcony yeah. chilled <laughs> chilled out yeah. yeah we won't keep him too long so here's the deal i'm gonna ask you um let's see here i have i'm gonna do seven questions okay okay and uh there's no time or anything we'll just run through them sure. uh these are all um basketball centric okay uh, pro basketball so we'll, we'll uh, go ahead and run through this and then when he comes back in well i don't have to go outside you don't have to go answers. inside All yeah right. so you can just listen in on him and we'll see yeah. who wins obviously whoever gets the most right wins in the event of a tie i have a couple extra bonus oh, good. questions so we're gonna arm wrestle like in the movie over the top <laughs> yeah absolutely that, that's how we'll figure it out. <laughs> absolutely um all right so question number one in 1997, the Nuggets had a stellar record of 11 and 71. What former Nugget player was the coach of this abomination? Was that Bill Hanslick? That is correct. Yes. Yes. Good job. Question number two. He still rocks the stash, by the way. <laughs> he does. As do I. He always did, yes. Yeah. He we're never only, let it go. We're the only two men in, uh, in Pepsi Center on game nights that have mustaches. <laughs> yeah. I love Hanslick, by the way. He's cool, dude. He's one of the, yeah, he's great. All right, question number two. What is the Portuguese word for baby? Is it Nene? It is. Okay. So go ahead and mark down a B for now. Question number three. Who was the only NBA player to start a game going 10 for 10 from behind the three-point line? Ty Lawson. Gosh, you are three. Oh, yeah, correct. but I feel like Nate's going to get these two, though, unfortunately. Well, you know, they, they might get a little harder as we go. Oh, okay. We don't know. We'll see. Let's see. Number ooh, four over here. Oh, no. That's number four. 
Oh, I forgot four. All right, we'll go to five. Apparently good at counting. <laughs> Who is the Denver Nugget franchise leader in regular season points and assists? So if I may, question asker. Yeah, sure. It's, it's for one season. It's for career. It's a franchise leader for career. So this person has the most points in Nuggets history? To play for the Nuggets, yeah. And he also has the, same, uh, he also has the most assists. This person does? Yes. So Alex English? Yes. Okay. Man, just killing it here. Killing it. Okay. What Denver Nugget franchise leader in steals with 1,167 is the current director of player development for the Sacramento Kings? Fat Lever. Oh, man. This is going to be hard for Nate to beat. <laughs> Follow-up question on that. What is Fat Lever's real first name? Lafayette. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. Oh, my God. All right. So that's, uh, I think that's six, right? So let's go on to your final question here. You, you ever see, like, Celebrity Jeopardy on um, Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Yeah, but he's like, they're, 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 the questions are for, they're dumbed down. <laughs> my favorite was the, um, it was the audio daily double, and the category was consonants, and the question was Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, that was some of the best stuff with Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Prime. All right. So I guess this here is your – okay. So you are uh, – let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six for six. Okay. So you have two more questions. Oh, no, no. One more question. Wow, six for six. Okay. This is very good. All right. What former Nugget played for North Carolina State when they won their first Division One basketball title in 1974? David Thompson. Oh, my God. If, if this is a tie, I got a couple toughies. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, I mean, I'm proud of my answers. I'm proud of my performance. But I feel like Nate will compete. Were they, were they too easy, these questions? I mean, well, I mean, I, for better or worse, I got them all right. You did. And, well, you know what? It's not just the competition. Yeah. It's about some of our fans learning a little bit more. Sure, making them more. smarter. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nate Timmons, go ahead and have a seat. How was it out there? Was it chilly? A little chilly, but uh, perfect soundproof out there. I couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything? Good. No. Good. Fantastic. Benjamin gets to stay here now? Well, you know. ask you the same question. already. rigged against me. If there <laughs> happens to be a tie, um, I, will, I have a couple bonus questions that we might use to uh, resolve this. Um, I'm going to ask you seven questions, the same seven questions that uh, I asked Ben. So, Ben, please, uh, you know, don't shout out the answers. <laughs> I, <won't. laughs> I, get, I get so excited. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Vincent Yarbrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. I'll take that one out. All right. So, uh, question number one in 1997, the Nuggets had a stellar record of 11 and 71. Ugh. What former Nugget player was the coach of this abomination? From the 11 and 71 team, I'm going to go with Bill Hanslick. That is correct. Wait, wait. If I can interject, should we tell him how well or poorly I did? Or not. I feel like we should wait till the end and then uh, tell him what the scores are. Okay. What do you think? Well, well, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> I can't pass in you or anything, right? So no. That's it. No. I don't want to know the number I got to beat. I, I, okay, you can't pass him. Yeah, just answer. <laughs> you know. What is the Portuguese word for baby? Nene. That's correct. Who was the only NBA player to start a game going 10 for 10 from behind the three-point line? 
Can I ask for a repeat on the question? Who, yeah, of course. Who was the only NBA player to start a game going 10 for 10 from behind the three-point line? Uh, Ty Lawson. Oh, I thought he was going to go Jared Smith. I was so oh. – <laughs> You're correct. Good job. Okay. Who is the Denver Nugget franchise leader in regular season points scored and assists? Points franchise scored. leader. He leads in both categories? He is, the, yeah, the Denver Nugget franchise leader in regular season, regular season points scored and assists. Okay, go Alex English. Oh, wow. Good. That's correct. You do know that we are Nuggets experts. For <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so what is the mascot of the NBA team in Denver? <laughs> <laughs> what Denver Nugget uh, franchise leader in steals? Is with 1,167 is the current director of player development for the Sacramento Kings. Oh man, leader in steals. Yeah, what Denver Nugget franchise leader in steals with 1,167 is the current director of player development for the Sacramento Kings. Ah, oh, what I'm doing on this one. Take a wild guess, Fat Lever. That is correct. Nice. What is Fat Lever's real first name? Uh, Lafayette. Ah, my goodness. <laughs> I clearly have no hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> what former Nugget played for North Carolina State when they won their first Division One basketball title in 1974? With David Thompson. Oh, my goodness. These questions were too easy. <laughs> Both of you guys, 100%. But you said oh. there's some extra, he said some tiebreakers. Some tiebreaker questions. I have no confidence in these last two questions at this point because you guys are too, you guys are too smart, too, too knowledgeable. I told him that if we do tie, the tiebreaker will be an arm wrestling match like in the movie Over the Top. Yes. Oh, nice. I like that. that. Yeah. Perfect. I love that movie. By the way, I watched a documentary about professional arm wrestling the other day. I forget the name of it. I'm just glad I started really steroids good. two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, no. uh, I hurt I hurt my wrist in an in an accident. That <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with Gronkowski or strain. Worn out. All right, so uh, I'm at a loss here. I, I have two questions left. Okay. Um, so wait, how are we I doing did, this? I, that's what I'm gonna. Maybe we'll uh, brainstorm here. Um, we could. Uh, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Here's one. I got one. This is off the top of my head. Let's do why this. don't you just ask these? Why don't we uh, pen and paper? Well, I was just, I was just say if, if if we both get well, however we do it, if we both get them right, then maybe we come up with a question to ask each other. Oh, this is a great idea. But I have to yeah. like, think of one. This is yeah. a great idea. All but right, uh, or why don't you back to the isolation chamber? <laughs> yeah, you or we could do a fastest on the two. Oh, you want to do that? Like whoever answers it first. Okay. So how about this? Uh, you have to say your like you say Nate or I say Ben. That's like the buzzer. Yeah, yeah, like they do on the Adam Carolla show when they're doing totally topical TiVo trivia. Trivia. But if uh, so, what happens if one of us gets it wrong? The other person has to get it right. Yeah, they can answer it, I guess, or if you know. But, go to the next one, but you might want to. It's your game, Ross. You want me to do that or you want me outside? Your call. Again, I didn't anticipate this. I'm <laughs> freaking out. This is monumental. <laughs> this is the first ever in the Colorado Sports Guys studios. This is the Clash of the Titans. Let's do this. 
Why don't you go back and ask okay. chamber okay. Nate? I'll ask Ben these final two questions, which I'm sure he'll get correct. And then uh, you can Not go necessarily. Back and get them correct. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. It's nice out here. <laughs> Have fun out there, buddy. God, does he ever stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Current 70, uh, Philadelphia 76er Jody Meeks scored 54 points in 2009 while playing for the Kentucky Wildcats. Wildcats. This broke the school record previously held by which former Nugget? Dan Nissel. That one was an easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, he'll get that one. So, all right, let's hear that one. Last one. Man, these were hard for me when I was writing them. I thought these were going to be hard. All right. The Nuggets have had two of the ten shortest NBA players to play in the NBA. Name them both. Two of the ten. Two of the ten shortest. Okay. Th- all right. So this is this might be where I blow it. Okay. I'm going to go with Earl Boykins, of course, and then is it Michael Adams? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. man. But I think – actually, he might not get that one. But here, let me give you three trivia questions right now for you to ask him. Okay. Um, cool. What team originally drafted Nene? Okay. Do you know that? Uh, the New York Knicks. No. I mean, I mean no. you know how that stuff goes. Like, they set the trade up yeah. before the, like, they officially announced it. It's the Knicks. Okay. Um, do, you, do you think I'll know what was Mahmoud Abdul's real name? You know, I was going to put that one on there, but yeah. I thought it was too easy, yeah, honestly. True. But but I would assume he knows that. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you could do um, – oh, now I'm, I'm, I'm blanking myself. Well, well Abdul Arif was the third pick in the draft in uh, – in in that year, maybe you could do what what draft pick was Abdul? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's three. Three. Yeah. Mahmoud. You know where he plays now? Like in Japan. Oh, I don't know if he's still playing. He's like 73 years he old. He played last year in Japan. Last year? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. I think you just told me a story. To <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if he's playing this year. Yeah. But um, all right, let's see if he gets these two right. Okay, let's do it. Let's bring him back from the isolation chamber. <laughs> Nate Timmons, please uh, have a seat. Ready. Man, I should have brought out more um, periodic table of elements questions. <laughs> you got any more brain busters? <laughs> Buzz. What's that from? <laughs> it's from my Billy Madison. Billy yeah, Madison. that's it. That's right. All right. Current 76er Jody Meek scored 54 points in 2009 while playing for the Kentucky Wildcats. And by the way, that was in a single game. Not throughout the whole season. Okay. <laughs> this broke the school record previously held by which former Nugget? Oh, which former Nugget from Kentucky? Uh, oh, man. Ron Mercer. That is incorrect. All right. No. We have a winner. No. We have a winner. Boring. That's actually not a bad guess, though, the Mercer. It was Dan Issel. The correct answer oh, was Oh, why uh, did I think Dan, Dan Issel? Dan Let's scored. see if he would know the other question. Okay, let's ask the other one. The yeah. horse, of course, is my undoing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> have another beer. Wait, let's not go there. All right. Uh, the Nuggets have had two of the ten shortest players to play in the NBA. Man. Name them both. Uh, Earl Boinkins. Two of them. And Michael Adams. Nice. Well, yeah. well Got them both right. All right. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, Nate Timmons, <laughs> by, by a score of nine to eight, this was the closest matchup we've ever. I don't had. think nice. Dan Issel, he played for the Kentucky Colonials. Yeah, this is very ironic. What by the got? way, the prize that you are winning. Okay, um, you have won a DVD oh. of two movies. This is the action double feature. Okay, this is uh, the movie starring 
Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes called Demolition Man. Yes. As well as the movie uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, Over the Top. What? <laughs> yes. How did you possibly? My favorite movie. How did you just drop that reference? Five minutes before you win this uh, magnificent contest. That is insane. Can you take a picture of me and put it on the... We'll we'll get a picture for sure. We'll put it up on the blog. Over the top, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yes. Cool gift. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, you, Dan Issel. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ron Mercer. Uh, He's giving back. (laughs) Well, I have to say, this has been one of the funnest shows we've ever done. Uh, make sure, uh, Ben, real quick, before we get out of here, sure. um, what's your Twitter? It's at Nuggets News. At Nuggets News. Nuggets News. All one word. Nuggets News. Right. Nuggets News. And uh, find his book, Fourth in New Orleans, on Amazon. Yeah, yep. yeah. Everywhere. And, um, I had to switch my Twitter. It used to be at Big Dog 69 but then I became the <laughs> Nuggets writer, so now it's at, <laughs> at Nuggets News. <laughs> Fantastic. Catch Ben at the Comedy Works this weekend. (laughs) Where he is now the 15th funniest Jew. Take that, Saul Goldstein. (laughs) (laughs) You hack. Um, And uh, of course, uh, check out his articles in the Denver Post. Uh, Doing a fantastic job there. And uh, um, where else? Uh, You on Facebook or anything like that? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, of course, MySpace and Friendster. MySpace and Friendster, yes. He's all on that. Um, find him there, um, and uh, Ben. Thank you so much for coming. It's been on. fun. Thanks it, for having this me. This is a great, great one. This is this is our best one, I think. What do you think? Twenty three. Yeah, they're always getting better, right? I'm a, number fourteen was good though. Uh, fourteen opinion. was a, it was a classic. Oh, 14 <laughs> it was, was an instant great. classic. Fourteen was great. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for bringing. They'll, that they'll up. play that yeah. as much as a Demarius Thomas overtime touchdown. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all right, so let's get out of here, Timmons. What are we going to dedicate this episode to, man? This number twenty three. We're not dedicating it to Michael Jordan. I know that much. Okay. Uh, LeBron James wears 23. Oh, come on. It doesn't have to be a number of a guy. Who who should we? we, Last week we dedicated it to the entire Broncos team. Should we go back to back? Yeah, we got to send those good vibes. Denver Broncos, go out there and beat the Patriots. Uh, This city needs it. You need it. We all need it. Uh, It's time for us to beat this evil empire out there with Bill Belichick. I can't wait, and I think it's going to happen. So uh, thank you, Ben. Nate Timmons. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone for your great filmmaking. Everybody out there on the interwebs, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>